Hi, I'm Keegan Flegner. I'm 17 years old, and I live in Santa Monica, California. When I was in first grade, I was diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum. Since that time, sports have played a huge role in changing my life. So I want to show the world how all kinds of sports can help all kinds of people with all kinds of mental and emotional challenges. Welcome to Sports on the Spectrum. My guest today is Mark Ulrich. Mark was an assistant coach for the YMCA summer travel team. His enthusiasm for basketball and his players was so high that I always wanted to play my very best for him. Mark showed me that there is more than one way to coach teams successfully. Mark eventually became a coach for the girls basketball team at Santa Monica High School, which advanced deep into the CIF playoffs. Mark demonstrated that it's never too late to pursue your passion in sports. Please join me in welcoming Mark Ulrich to Sports on the Spectrum. So I like to start off every interview um, by asking, what are your very first memories of sports? And they can be anything. They can be playing them. They can be watching them, you know, whatever. Just like, what are the first things you remember about sports? The first thing I remember about sports was when I was probably around four or five, six years old, somewhere in there. And I remember that it was a, it was a way to uh, congregate uh, with the neighbors Okay. So we lived in a, in a cul-de-sac. And so there were kids that were older that were right. playing different kinds of games, football, whatever, out in the street. And so I remember mm-hmm. that as an opportunity to, to go out and uh, play with, with the other kids. Um, but, but really, what I really remember, my first real rooted memory of sports was I grew up in a... Um, in a black community. When I, when I first went to elementary school, uh, my brother and I uh-huh. were the only non-black children in the oh, entire really? school. Yeah. Okay. And so it was in kind of the Crenshaw area. Right. And, um, you know, the, the kids, the kids liked to play and I was very fortunate that I had a basket, right. Uh, at, at my house and it was kind of in the back mm-hmm. at, yep. at the end of a long driveway uh, on top of a garage. So it was kind of, pri- it was kind of a private area. So right. I could spend hours, uh, playing mm-hmm. basketball by myself and just kind of practicing, uh, right. for when I got to the playground. And so then when I got to the playground, I'd had, <laughs> I'd had some experience shooting and, you know, dribbling and so on and so forth. And, right. and, um, uh, so I remember that. And then my, my father was, was very, very strict. Um, and, um, okay. when I, when I had to, when right. I had to come home, uh, we had to be, um, you know, in our pajamas at the dinner table, basically mm-hmm. ready for bed. And for me, yep. I was a very rambunctious and, 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 and a hyperactive kid. That was very difficult for me. So, uh, I would yeah, go to bed to around seven or eight o'clock. Yeah. It was very difficult. And, um, I remember yeah. that I had a little transistor radio and I don't even know uh-huh. if you know what that is, but it's like a very I small sort radio. Of do. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a radio like, the size of a pack of, of, of poker cards, right. very small. Yep. And I got the Laker games. And in those uh-huh. days, uh, Chick right. Hearn was the announcer and he was yep. a very good announcer. And he, yep. the, the key to him was that he was able to paint the picture of the game. Right. And right. in those it's days, like there wasn't television. Yeah. Go you ahead. didn't need Sorry. to watch it. You know, it's like, he, you didn't he, need he, to watch it. So I snuck that into my bed, you know, two, three nights a week. And so I would listen to Chick Hearn announce the Laker games. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a kid. And so even though I wasn't out playing and I was right. in bed far too early, uh, I had some entertainment. So when I would play basketball, mm-hmm. I would recreate all the stars that I heard and heard in my head from Chick Hearn. Right. And I would, I would be those stars out playing by myself and I would recreate the, the kind of the, the announcing of the game and, you know, what I was doing in three seconds left. And yep. I'd run in the house and I'd say, I hurt my finger. I need tape. And then my mom would be like, for what? And I would take my fingers up. Like I was, you know, Willis Reed and from yeah. the Knicks in those days. And, yeah. and I would go out and play. And so that I remember that pretty, very fondly. Yeah, no. And, and I could understand why you would remember something like that very fondly. Mm-hmm. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, it rings in your head for, the rest of your life so and um kind of kind of also what you mentioned there about stuff like you know looking like willis reed and also listening to chick hearn and the lakers it kind of leads into my next question which were while you were growing up were there any specific you know teams or players in any kind of sport that you idolized and why was that the case uh always the lakers uh, right. because of because of my foundation uh, mm-hmm. of listening to that as a kid yeah i remember you um, tormented me on that when I f- was first uh, being coached by you. Yes, I think you brought a Clippers jersey or something. Yes, and you were like yeah. mad. You were like, we got to change that, Keegan. We got to change that. Well, Laker Nation loves all the bandwagoners. So we, we want to we recruit you in. <laughs> Good luck with that. I'll just say that. Okay. Um, you know, I... I uh, I, I liked a lot of the players. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, right. My, my parents got divorced and, and um, mm. my mom really couldn't handle me at age, age 12, 13 years old. I was pretty much on my own. So I, uh-huh. I would play with the friends that were my age. Right. And then um, when they had to go home to dinner because their parents asked them, to, I didn't really have to go home. So I would right. stay and I would play with the older kids and so I played a lot of pickup basketball because the older kids and guys getting off work. And even though I was only 13, I was still playing with them. And, and, um, so I would just pretend that I was, you know, I, I liked a guy by the name of George Gervin, the ice. Oh, I know who that is. Yeah. And I, so I used to pretend that I was him and I would, you know, play, play up and down the courts at at Lincoln, ironically. Oh, wow. Uh, after school and at night and so right. uh, I, I would say George Gervin probably um, yeah was was my favorite to replicate okay in those days yeah 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 no I mean it's like he's a great player obviously and you know there are a lot of uh, other guys out there who I I like and I know other people like for similar reasons to you it's like mm-hmm. they just like their game and stuff like that and yeah know, while they may not be the best it's like it doesn't matter it's like they no. really relate to them the most yeah, it's just something about the free flow of it, right? Because Absolutely. I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of uptight a little bit, and so right. a little angry, you know, as a kid. And so, I, if I could channel that kind of that free spirit, right, uh, then that would help me to try to kind of unwind myself a little bit. And and um, you know, it was it was basketball in those days for me. Mm. Growing up was a great escape from my life, right, right. from my reality. And so. Yeah. Uh, I was able to, uh, you know, channel a lot of that energy in, in, into something that yeah. gave me joy and, you know, something that I could do. Right. And it's actually interesting you mentioned that because that kind of, I'd like to try and focus that picture about what you were just talking about there a little more and kind of ask you, tell me about your time playing basketball, specifically in your teenage years, you know, why were, 
why was it so important to you then? And what was that experience like? Like, I, I, as far as I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, you played both at the at the boys club in Santa Monica and later for the Santa Monica high school varsity team. And so I, if you could, I'd appreciate it if you could just talk about what that experience was like for you and why it didn't matter so much. Well, again, it, it, you know, uh, sometimes I, I grew up with a single mom and, and right. um, you know, there was just a lot of internal angst for me uh, mm -hmm. around that. Uh, my mom loved me, but, you know, uh, she was a, his, a single Hispanic woman in a mainly right. white, yeah, you, you know, know, environment. And, and so, I, you know, we didn't have a lot of family, friends and those types of things that that are probably more common now. So I was on my own a lot. And so for me to be able to go to the boys club and, you know, play with my friends from school, uh, that was always important. And then, right. you know, as I said, I spent a lot of time in the playground playing. Uh, and again, that for mm -hmm. me, that was a huge, yeah. huge escape. So playing at Samuel high was just kind of a, you know, a reiteration of that. And, and I had a lot of energy right. and, and, um, I just loved playing all day and going home, you know, exhausted and, and not really having to think about whatever issues I might have underneath and just, you know, right. relax and go to bed and feel like I've, you know, I've, I've, um, I've exercised a lot of the demons that were inside of me through sports. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's like I, you, you, there's nothing that makes you feel better than knowing you've done something that both you love and you feel like is helpful to you um, yes. at the same time. And at the end of the day, once you've completed that, you know, everything else um, um, works itself out, you know, and uh, the whole experience yeah. just becomes all the more easier. So, so I totally get what you're, yeah. where you're coming from there. Absolutely. And, and I guess and now I'd actually, amount of yeah, no. in playing, you know, there's a tremendous amount of joy Absolutely. in playing. So it was, that was Absolutely. Good. You know, that's the best, that's the best part about basketball. It's like the people who play it, they actually genuinely love it. So it's like, mm -hmm. they never let it go. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess that kind of, speaking of never letting it go, I guess I kind of like to ask now, specifically turning to today, you know, what both, I'd like to ask what sports do you still play? And also, you know, what about them? What made you want to hold on to them so much specifically? And you can use basketball, but I guess I'd also ask, are there any other ones? And, you know, what exactly have, have you oh, committed sure. to today that keeps you involved in them at the same time? So as far as fitness is concerned, I, I, I swim four days a week. And so I, I swim quite a bit. And, and I okay. started swimming when, I, when I, uh, I took my daughter to swim lessons. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would see the parents sitting on the sidelines watching their kids. And I was like, I, I I'm not going to do that. So I started swimming when she swam <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, it yep. just evolved and, you know, 20 years later, I'm still doing it. So I do a lot of swimming. Uh, I love to ride the bike. I love to okay. walk. So I do hike. I hike this yep. weekend. There I love to walk along the beach. Yep. Um, I, I run right. not yeah, really stay active. Yeah. Well, I'm very active. Yeah. I'm still very active. And again, it's just part of um, yeah, mental no. health. I mean, you don't even have to run if you're doing all that stuff. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's like, health. you don't have to run if you're doing all this other stuff. Yeah. And I, Oh yeah. yeah being out in yeah, nature, being outdoors is, 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 I really love it. It's been a right. very good lifestyle. Yeah, no, I, I definitely. Absolutely. I mean, for any person, if they could, have maintained that kind of consistency you have of just staying active, having that kind of lifestyle. They'd, 
they'd i think they'd be just as happy as you are right now yes. i know i certainly would be you know you will be so it's, it's like i i i yes but i definitely <laughs> applaud you for being the first to show me that so it's like at the yeah. same time i have somebody to look up to and know it's possible so absolutely that's, that's really great um I think now, actually, I'd like to, I think now, actually, I'd like to focus now on specifically your time, both as a, a coach at both the YMCA, um, like I mentioned before, I'd play there for a long time. And then also at Samuel High, which is a very good uh, basketball program, you know, so to be a coach there means you're do, you must be doing something really well. So I'd like to kind of figure out what that is a little bit. But before we do that, I'd like to actually give a shout out to one of our sponsors. Do you own a classic Mustang, Corvette, Camaro, or Chevelle from the 1960s or 70s? Does the clock in your dash keep accurate time? Do you want to get a new clock for your car, but you don't want to pay $200, $300, or $500 for a new clock? Then go to impactautopartstore.com for a brand new quartz clock that looks identical to the original and is powered by a single AA battery. All up prices less than half that of a reproduction or restored clock. Go to the website, impactautopartstore.com, and keep on cruising. And so now, actually, I'd like to... I love of, it. Good. That was great. Good yeah. segue. Very professional, Keegan. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Yeah, but maybe I think, I'll yeah. go look at one of those clocks. Be my guest. You know, it, it's it's the business my dad runs. So it's like, he'll appreciate okay. it. Yeah. All right. But I think now, actually, I'd like to, uh, like I said earlier, focus on specifically your time at um, both coaching at the Santa Monica YMCA and at the Santa Monica High School. So obviously, I've mentioned this so many times before when I've had certain guests on who have had similar uh, importance to the league's history, you know, like Pete Arbogast, for example, um, Nikki Redderer, I've had on Zion Kurtman, I had on in the last episode. So it's like, as a result, um, it just, and every time I've mentioned just how important it is to me, and I guess having all those people on shows, why, including you. And I guess I'd like to um, sort of get your input on what you took away from it all. But before I do that, I actually have a uh, a quote I'd like to read from one of your longest assistant coaches. Well, technically you were his assistant for a while, but at the same time, you know, you both, I feel like we're on co-equal footing and obviously made a great team as a result. Um, and that guy is Steve Rice. Now I've never had him on the show, but I, I have had him quote for some of my previous guests and hopefully someday I will get him on here. He's a great guy. I know my viewers and listeners will love him, but I, I have from him here uh, about you um, and this, he, uh, th these are his words, not mine. I have quote, I first met Mark in junior high school at what is now called Lincoln middle school in Santa Monica, California, which I went to, by the way. So shout out to the Lincoln lions. We played a lot of basketball together back in those days, both at school and at the boys club on Lincoln. We then went to Santa Monica high school where Mark was a guard and key contributor to the men's varsity team. Mark and I are friends for life. So many years later, we decided to try our hand at coaching together at the YMCA in Santa Monica. Mark used his uh, four seasons as a coach at the Y to return to the Santa Monica High School as a coach, helping lead the Lady Vikings varsity team to a city championship last season. What separates Mark as a coach is that he brings the same philosophy to coaching as he does to parenting, namely a tremendous amount of encouragement, enthusiasm, empowerment, and love. And so what's your reaction to that, I guess I'd ask quickly. I, I think it's it's pretty accurate. I mean, I think that it's 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 very nice of him to recognize that, and and he was instrumental in in, in getting me back into coaching at this stage in my life, and and so I'm forever th forever thankful for that for sure. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and he's also a parent, a young uh, parent of young kids, and so we yep. we talk about parenting since I my kids are older, and and I've kind of been through it. 
Right. Um, and the reality mm -hmm. is, Keegan, is that, you know, every, every, a lot of moments in life that, that seem so long and so important are actually such short and fleeting moments. Right. And if you can remember mm -hmm. the big picture, mm -hmm. and by that, I mean, you know, you're going to coach a kid right. and he or she's going to be in a game and they're going to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a coach, you have a, you have a great opportunity mm -hmm. to, to contribute an attitude towards somebody making an innocent mistake or a mistake. Mm -hmm. And you can either empower them mm -hmm. or you can kick them when they're down. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of coaches, you know, they, they, they get mad. They speak. But the way I always looked at it was right. 10 years later, uh -huh. when that game and that score and that nobody will ever remember. But the kid will always remember the mistake. Right. And the question is, 10 years down the road, is if he that gonna... kid sees you, but you right. don't see him or her. Right. Will they rush over to say hello to you? Will they mm -hmm. rush over to say, hey, coach, how are you? And give you a hug. Yes. And for me, that was always the answer in how I dealt with anything, anything, any mistakes or anything that kids might do that upset something. Right. Always, always deal in love. Right. And so Steve has it right. It, it, it's, it's all about love, whether you're parenting, coaching. Um, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you if you come from love, then the big picture will always work out. And that's what's most important. It's, it's not about each individual moment right that's that's kind of been my philosophy and and um you know i i, I think i have a gift with kids and and i think now i'm able to motivate them and 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 get them to um to trust me and it's because i i i treat them as equals and i treat mm -hmm. them at the end of the day with love I yep. really, I really want to treat them with yeah. love. And so I think they feel that. Yeah. And so it makes coaching great. Um, it makes working with young people great because they have so much energy and so much to teach me and, and constantly teaching me. And, and no matter what hours or effort I put into coaching mm -hmm. or working with kids, I always receive a hundred times more, no yeah. matter what, Yeah. No. no matter what, it's just a gift. Yep. And, um, so, you know, I'm thankful for Steve that, that he asked me to assist coach with him one year and I wasn't mm -hmm. going to do it. And I ended up doing it. And All I had right. wanted to be a coach when I was younger. Look where it's and led so, you. Yeah. Well, I had wanted to be a coach when yeah, I was no. younger. In fact, I coached high school and I coached AAU basketball. Uh, but, you know, life got mm -hmm. in the way and I ended up getting into business and so on and so forth. But um, right. it's, it's been fantastic. It's, it's, it's just been a great experience. I've loved the why. I mean, I've loved it. It was great. It is yeah. great. I'm going to do it again. Oh, so. yeah. Right. Maybe Absolutely. you'll be one of my assistants. I will definitely. I, I, who knows? You know, it's like, uh, I've, I've honestly been considering coaching for a little bit too. So it's like at the same time, if I could have you be my first mentor in oh, that, I would certainly appreciate it. So yeah, it would be oh, great. Yeah, no. You would love it because, you know, much, yeah. much of what you're yeah. doing here with this podcast and, and that you're trying to give to others yeah. and you're trying to expose others that may be having issues that they can get around that and that they can, they can do something that they maybe didn't think was possible for themselves or right. whatever, but you're trying to encourage. That's all that coaching is. And, and, you know, you, you yeah, reach no. one kid, 
you know, one kid yep. and you say something right. to them positive at the right time in their life when they need it, they yep. always remember. Absolutely. You know, they yeah, always no. remember. So, I mean, I will say this. I certainly remembered a lot of what you uh, told me when you were coaching me for a very brief time, which I would actually have a like to show a picture to you from that time. And it's oh, interesting yeah, because you talk about brief. This was brief, but at the same time, I think for both of us, uh, it left a lasting impact. And it's and it's interesting too, actually, because that kid um, sitting uh, with your arm around Zion, um, I had him on a couple of days ago for the show, and he mentioned how much he loved being on this team, like even though oh, it was great. so short. Um, yeah. And basically, for all all the all the listeners out there, this is a picture of one of the summer league teams that the YMCA ran as sort of a travel us team that um, you were one of the assistants to because my dad was the head coach, but at the same time, he invited right. you that's to right. be his assistant. Um, and yes, as a result right. of that, I think it made the, it made the whole team so much better, you know, and it left a very yeah. fun lasting uh, effect on all of us, including me and Zion particularly. Yeah, Cause we always that's talk about it here. Yeah, no, we that's always wonderful. talk about how, uh, how uh, how much fun that was, and how we wish we, it could have honestly lasted longer too. That was the other thing. Oh, if I we know. had any that complaints great, about that, that was a great ball club. It, yep. If we had any complaints, it was too short. How, you know, how's he like doing? We, how, how is he doing, Keegan? He's doing well, as far as I know. He is uh, playing football right now, actually. Okay, at Sam. Yeah, not at Samo. Actually, he moved to Vegas. Oh, you're kidding me. Yes, he did. Huh? No kidding. Yeah. No. Nope. Good for him. Yeah, no. Okay. I mean, he he seems to be having a fun time, so it's like I can't I can't be mad, you know. So no, it's like, of course not. No, things happen. Yeah, no. Well, tell him I nope, said hello. Exactly. If you talk to him again. I will absolutely All right. absolutely tell him you said hello. Okay. Um, but anyway, um, I'd kind of like to uh, focus a little bit more on uh, coaching at um, mm -hmm. the YMCA and kind of once again start at the beginning and ask, um, how did you first get involved in that? Like, what uh, made you choose? to go to the why and what about it stood out to you at first? Like what was the, uh, the grabbing, what was the thing that grabbed you the most? So, so as I said, I, I had coached in my younger years and it was a dream of mine to be right. a college basketball coach. It didn't work out and it was fine. I had kids to raise right. and whatever, it doesn't matter. So later in life, uh, you know, Steve is a close friend of mine and he said to me, Hey, I'm coaching right. at the Y. And he had just moved back to California mm -hmm. from New York. So I hadn't been spending time with him and, and he hadn't had his kids yet. And, and he right. said, uh, you know, it'd be fun. We can coach the kids and then go out after and have a bite to eat or whatever. And I said, Oh, okay. Okay. So I went and it was like, um, mm -hmm. you know, they say once you've learned to ride a bike, you can all, you'll always ride on, get, get back on the bike and you'll know how to ride it. And it was just the minute that I started right. coaching, it just all came back to me, all of the passion of, of why I wanted to do it in the first place and everything that I loved about it. I loved the kids. Right. Um, I thought it was a very funny collection of kids. And I remember, yeah. you know, what is it called? Fortnite? It's called Fortnite, I guess. Right. Yep. I the kids that. were doing all the Fortnite dancing. And, and I remember yep. when <laughs> first practice, you know, I gave them the grocery store story and I said, you know, <laughs> I, 10 years from now, I want you to see me and run to me and say, Hey coach. And so right, let's, right, let's build right. our relationship from there. And, and, um, I made them put all their phones away and, 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 you know, we were just able to concentrate for an hour 
on basketball, yeah, even yeah. though they didn't want to put their phones away uh, at right. the end of the day, at the end of the season, you know, every single one of them, you know, thanked us for mm -hmm. the season that we'd had and, and, and just had a right. wonderful time. So then I decided to do it again. And, um, yeah. you know, then your dad yeah. asked me to help with the all-star team. And, and so then I did that. And then I took a team myself the next couple of years and, and, um, right. It was just wonderful. It's been a great experience. I yeah. love that the, uh, the majority of the kids are local, you know, I think yes. with COVID it's That's been fun. very hard and that I haven't seen a lot of kids, but yeah. I always look forward to seeing the kids that I've already coached, um, yeah. you know, around town or whatever. Some of them graduate to high school to yeah. play high school basketball. And right. so yeah. I, I just love that part of it. I love the relationship with the kids. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. One of those kids actually on that summer league team, uh, Michael, if you remember him, he's a, uh, he goes to high school with me. Um, so we like to talk about that experience. Michael, sometimes. which, which, which Michael, Michael Hill. Oh yeah. He was the other. Yeah. He's gotten really good by the way. Really good. Really? So yeah, no, you'd actually be shocked to see how good. Yeah, no, really? So it's like, you know, you, you talk about this. You'll have the to great send part me of your all being local. Vegan. It's like, I, yeah, I will. I will do that, man. Hopefully they'll allow fans. We'll see about that. But, oh, you know, that's right. Meantime, that's true. Once they, yeah. That's Once they true. are allowed, I promise I'll send you the schedule. Well, send me the you know, schedule anyways. We, we, you never we've know had a lot what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. We, ha we have a lot of fun. And it's like, it's you were talking about the local experience. It's like, I still feel the effects of that every yeah. day. And it's awesome whenever I can run into my old teammates. Yeah. Especially considering I was there for so long. So it's like, I know a lot of people. Yeah, that's great. Um, that's but, awesome. You know, it, it, it's, it's still great. Um, and so actually, um, obviously, kind of building off that part of you talking about how you've done this for a long time. It's obviously taken you a lot of great places. Like now you're coaching, you know, varsity girls basketball at a great high school. So it's like, you must be doing something right. So it's like, um, and so as a result of that, I kind of like to ask you a little bit about what you think uh, has made you become so successful. Like what, what does your coaching philosophy entail that you think makes it work so well? And like, did you take that away from any other coaches you saw specifically? It's like, what, what made you feel like you could do this really good? And, and what have you done specifically to make it really good? Well, that's an interesting question. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a complicated one. I know it's a complicated one. I think I grew up in an era of, you know, a, a much stricter, hard nosed right. coach. Right. And so I would say to you, I learned what not to do. Right. You know what I mean? As a yeah. player, I, I know what I didn't like and I know what didn't garner what I thought could have been a better relationship. And, and um, right. I, I think I think what makes me a good coach is that, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm a stickler for details. Um, yeah. Well, so know, am I. So I get where you're coming from. Yeah. If we're going to do something, you know, let's make sure that our feet are correct. Let's mm -hmm. make sure that we're, if we're on defense as an example, let's make sure that we're all talking and let's make sure that we're, we're, we're not just playing individual defense, but we're playing defense as a team. And what does that look like for people that are off the ball? And, you know, right. it's, it's a cohesiveness and it's, a, it's an attention to detail there. Um, mm -hmm. I think that uh, although I, I consider myself very easygoing and um, very mm -hmm. kind, I'm also very, uh, passionate mm -hmm. and uh i think yes. that uh, that that comes off with a certain intensity that 
the kids follow, you know, so I think that the kids play very, right. very hard. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, so I think that, that, yeah. that, that then translates into, uh, more competition for them in practice, which makes the games mm-hmm. a little bit easier. They're used to competing. Right. And so I think those things all together, uh, but really mm-hmm. the, the basics of it is Keegan, to be honest with you, that, you know, the core of it is, is that I just, I love kids, you know? And so I think coming right. from that, from that, that place uh-huh. uh, enables, enables me to, uh, you know, to get through to kids. And so they're willing to listen and they're willing to hear what I have to say. I also allow them to, to discuss. To, I also am open to hear what they have to say. Right. Right. I don't, I don't yeah. think that I know everything. And I, I don't think that um, they have to ultimately respect me because I'm the coach and they're the player. I don't believe that. I believe that it's something that it has to be uh, mutually built mm-hmm. equally on both mm-hmm. parts. So yeah. they'll respect me if I respect them. Right. And, and um, yeah, you know, I don't yeah. expect anything for free because of a title. So right. I think that works well with kids too. Right. Yeah, no. Well, I definitely think it's, um, I know for me, it's like, I could, I could feel that sense of, you know, detail and mm-hmm. love and all that stuff combined together coming off from you. And I think it had a very positive impact in the end on how I learned to play the game more. And, and um, for a lot of other kids, I'm sure that rang true, tr- rang true too. And at the same time, I think for some of uh, those kids who not only got to uh, be coached from you at the Y, but also got to be coached from you later in the high school. I think it mm-hmm. actually had a special effect on them. And I actually have another picture here I'd like to show you just to kind of um, kind of reflect a little bit on who that what impact that it's been on specifically for who. So here I actually have a picture of you, Pete, and four of the girls yeah. um, who were among the best to play at the Y um, who came through and later uh, were on went went to go on to the the varsity team and obviously yeah. were coached by you again. Yeah. And and I guess I'd I'd quickly ask it like, you know, first like the girls in that picture as well as any other girls that you both got to coach at the Y or just see them play at the Y and then later coach them on the team. What was that like for you? It it was amazing. Like and, and, how and, could it have been different? Well you know so so one of the things that I try to do is that I always try to look for the positive in a kid, right? And I don't remember if you if you remember mm-hmm. me specifically coaching you, but I remember, you know, there was there was always because your dad was right. coaching you, it was very difficult, and there was there was there was always, you know, a little tension there in right. regards to uh, how you perform. Mm-hmm. So if you performed well, you were good, but if you didn't, you could get upset or whatever, and. And so one of the things that, and I noticed right. right away that you had a tremendous cardiovascular motor and that you were a very good runner. <laughs> I, I just, I noticed it. So right. what I said, to, what I focused on with you is I said, Keegan, what I want you mm-hmm. to do as a big is I want you to run the right. board right. and nobody is going to be able this. to keep, keep up with you. And yep. by the third and fourth quarter, whoever's trying to guard you is going to be so exhausted that they're right. not going to know which way is up. And you're yep. just going to outrun them. And, and, and believe me, it's going to pay off coming down the road. And so you're going to become a runner. You're going right. to run from one basket to the other, up and down the court. Right. And sure enough, when you started to do that, I noticed that you started to get more rebounds. And right. you started to get more layups. And right. as you start to, started to get into better condition, right. you started to get more physical under the basket. Right. And everything started to grow from that 
from mm-hmm. that piece, which to me as a coach was so right. simple to see and to focus mm-hmm. on because I knew it was something that you could do. And so right. it just, it was simple. It wasn't, Hey, you need to put your hand up higher on the shot and your follow through is not correct. And your body is not balanced. Right. And you know, you're dribbling too high or you've got to use your left hand. It was something more simple that I knew would have a mm-hmm. building block for you and something that I knew you could do. Right. So I immediately jumped into that after watching you. So, mm-hmm. you know, you bring up this picture and right. It's actually two Y kids. It's interesting. Yeah. So one of the girls in that picture, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would talk to the kids and I wouldn't just talk to them about basketball. I would say, right. you know, cause we're doing five days a week and so on and so forth. And, and right. So I started talking to them about grades and their home mm-hmm. life and their social life and, you know, what else was happening in their life. Right. And I found out that one of the kids was actually living in a trailer home in Santa oh, wow. Monica. One of the Y kids. Right. And her parents were divorced and her mother lived in, in San Pedro. Her father lived in the, in the motor home place. Mm-hmm. She was working almost full time at the pier. Wow. And working late at night in the cold, playing basketball, trying to get good grades mm-hmm. to go to college. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she was a little bit overweight, right? She wasn't meeting her potential as a basketball player, right? Um, You know, her teammates were a little bit upset with her and she was a little bit upset with herself. And, but what nobody, what, what very few people knew was that three nights a week, she would get out of practice at seven or eight o'clock at night and have to drive with Mm -hmm. her mother all the way to San Pedro Uh to go to look, to stay with her mother. Mm-hmm. And then drive back. And so her, she wasn't getting any sleep. And then right. on the nights that she wasn't doing that, she was working at the pier until midnight. Right. And so what do you do with a kid like that? Right. The, right. Mean, the other coaches are like, you've got to get in better shape. You've got to, you mm-hmm. know, blah, blah, blah. And so what I did with that kid was I, what I reiterated with her all the times I said, I said, listen, mm-hmm. what you're going through now, I know is very difficult. Right. I know it's affecting your basketball. I know mm-hmm. it's affecting your sleep, your physicality. It's affecting mm-hmm. your grades. I understand all of that. But I am telling you, mm-hmm. as somebody who had a similar experience in life, that all of this that you're having to do is going to pay off for you in the long run. And she would right. say, Mark, how, what, coach, what are you talking about? I mean, it's, it's not going to, I'm not going to, you know, blow. I said, trust me. Mm-hmm. It's going to pay off because while you're driving to San Pedro and back, while you're at the pier at midnight working in the cold, all of the all of your peers are tucked into their little beds. Their mm-hmm. parents have put them to sleep. They've had a nice warm dinner. They've gotten eight to 10 hours of sleep. They woke right. up in the morning. If they had trouble with their math class, they had a tutor. Nobody's helping you. Right. I said, and what's going to happen one day in business? Is that there's going to be a project that's going to need to be done and everybody's going to be crying about working long hours and not being able to do it and this, that, and the other. And you're going to be so used to working beyond the limits that you're going to take it on and you're going to be the star. You're going to be the one that's doing it. When you have your own apartment and all these other kids that have had everything handed to them, have their own apartment and the washing machine goes out and you don't know what to do and you run, you know, you've got to feed yourself and blah, 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 blah. I said, you're the one that's going to know what to do. 
Right. You're the one that's going to have the courage to go and do that. So I kept encouraging and emphasizing what to her was so difficult in her life and made her depressed. Right. As a positive. Yep. And I cannot tell you mm -hmm. the phone calls that I get from that girl who's in college now mm -hmm. and says, coach, you have no idea. Some of the things that you said to me, you have no idea how that helped influence me right. and how that kept me going and how yep. that, you know, and so the other day I'm at Lincoln and right. it's nighttime and there's one of the boys that I coached. If you remember, right. I used to, on the all-stars after you left, I would take some of those boys that right. couldn't afford to be in the program right. that were the right age. And I would, I would put them on my team. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would have them practice with us. And then right. I would put them on the team. I would pay for their membership. I wouldn't tell them. I'd just right. take care of it. Right. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. And it made our teams better. It made everything more fun. And it gave these, some of these kids a break. Right. So I see this kid over here and he says, coach, coach, coach. One of the kids that I had brought over. Mm -hmm. How are you coach? And da, da, da. he goes, don't worry. I've already had my um, vaccine. Right. This kid's 15 years old. I go, I go, how do you have your vaccine? Yeah. He says, well, I live in a senior home. Mm. He says, my dad is, is the janitor. And right. so they give us a free, they give us a free room. Yep. And so that's where I live. Right. And so can you imagine this kid? Right. 15 years old, every night goes home to a senior home. You ever been in one of those senior homes? They're terrible. Yeah, I know. They're awful. Right. He's 15 years old. Mm -hmm. So now... I understand his situation. So now I'm doing the same thing with him right. that I did with this girl. And I'm telling him, mm -hmm. here you are out here practicing at Lincoln. It's cold. It's about seven o'clock. It's dark, but you're still practicing. I said, you know where all your guys you're competing against are? They're home. Right. They're relaxed in a warm bed somewhere. Right. They're watching TV. This is your advantage. Mm -hmm. And so now he and I are starting to work on drills. But again, it's, it's taking it's taking the negative that a right. kid is going through and trying to create a positive for right. that kid so that later in life, he has something. And at that moment, he has something to stand on. And the beauty of the why for me mm -hmm. is that these kids are local, right? Do you see what I mean? So I get to see them and say, Hey, yeah. what's going on? Oh, yep. wow. I didn't know that. Now right. I know, right now. I know why the kid was angry at right. 13 and 14 and why the other kids didn't want to play with him. Mm -hmm. Of course he's angry. Yep. Why wouldn't he be? Right. Exactly. Right. But he was a good, you know, I, I liked him to play defense and basketball. Right. I liked that anger. I just mm -hmm. had to coach it and he right. wasn't easy to coach. Right. But so again, the thing I love about the why is that it's local and that mm -hmm. I get to see the kids growing up. Um, and I get to, I get to try to influence them just not only, at that brief moment at the Y, but later in life. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you bring all these things together at once and it totally makes sense where you're coming from with every single bit of it, honestly. And, and, you know, I'll be totally honest for that entire span of like five minutes right there, you had me hooked. It's like, I was just locked in listening and I'm pretty sure all my other listeners and viewers do because the way you told that it was just like, it makes all the sense in the world. And at the same time, it, it puts, it puts everybody in a phase where they learn something very valuable in it just in that single moment. And so I think for a lot of people, they're going to look back on what you said right there and feel the same effect uh, for themselves that those two people you mentioned there had. So I think that's very, 
helpful to hear. Um, and so now actually, I know we're getting short on time. So I only have a couple more questions to ask, but before I do, I'd like to give a shout out to another one of our sponsors. Are you looking to boost your SAT score by at least 360 points? Whether your goal is the SAT, ACT, AP classes, or general test preparation, turn to Sam's Tutoring Company. Sam is a Caltech-educated tutor with over 17 years of experience teaching over 700 students of all ages. Whether you want to learn in person or remotely, Sam is ready to help you accomplish your academic goals. Call Sam's Tutoring Company. If you mention the promo code SPORTSPECTRUM, you'll receive 25% off the price of your first session. And so now, actually, um, with these last couple of questions, I want to focus a little bit more on the spectrum aspect of this show. And obviously, you know, I know you personally don't have as much experience with that, but I know you still probably- You'd be least, surprised, actually, Keegan. I know. and at the, But I would at least um, imagine you at least have opinions on this stuff. Um, and I think I'd like to let you share that. And so I'll start by asking a, this very simple question first that I start every segment of the show off with for all my guests, which is the question, when you hear the term mental health, what pops into your head? What does it mean to you? Well, that's a, that's a, that's a very good question. So mental mm -hmm. health, um, hmm. Well, I, I, I'm extremely fortunate in that mm -hmm. at a young age, especially considering uh, the environment that I grew up in, I understood the value of mental health and mm -hmm. trying to, to deal with the pain that's inside of you right. uh, in, 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 a, in, a, in a professional way. And mm -hmm. so... I, you know, as I said, I had a very rough childhood and right. Uh, there was, I had a lot of anger. And so, uh, by getting therapy and going to psychoanalysis and, and mm -hmm. myself, yep. uh, I was able to learn the value of real professional mental health help. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, uh, when I grew up and, 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 and most of the, most of the time, you know, people looked at mental health, if somebody had a mental health issue. Mm -hmm. It was considered a weakness and it was especially for men and it was considered, well, you're soft or, you know, you can't handle it or, you know, you're just not tough enough mm -hmm. and it can't, it can't be further from the truth. It's actually the opposite. If you have right. the courage to deal with mental health, right. um, then that's, that shows real strength. And I think that your generation Right. Uh, the generation of the of, of the guys that are in the NBA today that are in sports today, uh, people are talking about it, whether it, you know, be Kevin Love or, 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 or these guys. Right. Uh, LeBron James. It's just amazing to mm -hmm. me uh, how it's how the tide is turning. Right. It hasn't right. turned completely, but how it's turning. So, you know, uh, we have a lot of homeless around us. Right. So right. homelessness. And, and so some of that is really mental health, right? These, these are people that for whatever reason, couldn't find, couldn't get help to balance what was going on inside of them. Chemically. Right. And a lot of it is not their fault. Mm -hmm. um, they just didn't get the proper help. And, you know, it's, it's just really unfortunate that we don't do a better job in this country or in this world right. around mental health. So for yeah. me, it's a very loaded subject. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely can. I definitely have seen a similar image in my head and in the heads of others appear when they're asked this question and you know what 
what mental health means to them. So I totally get what you're saying there. And I guess um, I'll kind of combine a couple of questions I had for you and turn them into one big one to kind of finish this off. And, you know, and I'll kind of lead off the fact that you mentioned, you know, the tide is turning and stuff like that. And it certainly is, you know, no doubt about that in my mind. But at the same time, there are still people who, you know, either don't like this whatsoever or maybe just don't know about it as much. And so my question to you is, based on your experiences, specifically with coaching sports, playing sports, and as a result, interacting with at least some athletes like myself who deal with this stuff, and you've seen what uh, what sports does to them, and also just like what impact it has on them and what they might be like, you know, in a place like playing sports, you know, just based on everything you've learned in your life, what do you really want people to know about this kind of stuff? Like, what do you think they should know that you know? In regards to mental health? Well, yeah. And just, you know, it's like what an impact sports has had on people like, like that, you know, like me, for example, it's like, what have, what have you seen from that? You know, so, so, so my, my experience is, is that in the, in the sports world mm-hmm. and that, that, that world can contain a 10 year old, right. Uh, playing in his backyard by himself mm-hmm. to professional athletes or Olympic athletes around the world, the sports world, right. Attracts mm-hmm. a lot of individuals that have mental health issues. Right. The reason is, is because it's a great way. It can be a great way mm-hmm. to put a bandaid on your feelings, right? If you can put a bandaid on your fears, mm-hmm. you can put a bandaid on your anger. Right. You can put a bandaid on your restlessness. You can put a bandaid on your confusion through mm-hmm. sports, right? Right. It, 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 it creates an environment where you can spend a lot of hours thinking mm-hmm. about something outside of whatever it is that's bothering you. You can, you can exert yourself physically mm-hmm. to deal with the angst or the anger or the frustration that's inside of you. Right, and right. it can come out in different sports like wrestling or football or basketball or volleyball or running. It doesn't matter, but it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it can be a great way to mm-hmm. avoid really looking deep into the issues. The irony is... Right. The irony is, is that if we could get our society and especially Mm -hmm. our kids to understand that if they're successful, sometimes you'll you'll have a kid that's very successful in in football, as an example, or whatever. And the kid will think that the anger that he or she has inside of him is what helps him to be so aggressive and physical. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to lose. They don't they kind of don't want to lose that edge. As crazy as that sounds, it's true. Right. But the irony is, is that they don't have to lose that aggression mm-hmm. or that physicality uh, if they if they if they if they deal with what the anger underneath it is. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they can be if they're more clear headed emotionally, they can right. be right. even clearer physically. Yeah. So what I what I would say to what I would say to kids and to coaches uh, is to be aware of, of mental health issues mm-hmm. to um, to really, if you, if you see it, uh, you see the potential of it, really try to deal with it and treat it, Mm -hmm. you know, working with girls this year Mm -hmm. has been, uh, last couple of years has been an incredible, 
um, mm-hmm. journey mm-hmm. into that into that part of it because yeah. girls have other issues that mm-hmm. that a majority of boys don't. Right. Right. Exactly. And so you have to be cognizant of that as a coach Mm -hmm. and you have to be open to hearing about that. And you have to be open to making tough decisions around reporting Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting help for these kids. Yeah, no, Um, it's not, it's not an easy situation, believe me. And, um, you know, again, I highly recommend sports, right? But, um, I think that you and I need to have a part two to this conversation because we could go a lot deeper because I didn't even tell you about right. coaching girls. Right. And I also didn't tell you about my experience in having a sports camp mm-hmm. uh, for autistic children. Well, listen, man, I think that would be a great thing to talk about. And I guess I will then officially announce to all our listeners and viewers, stay tuned for a part two of this interview as we continue. <laughs> okay. Um, and and it will, and I will certainly make sure we do it soon, man. But in the meantime, I'd just like to say, thank you so much for being on here for part one. I had great time with you and I know all our viewers and listeners did too. I'm sure they're just as excited as I am to hear you talk again about everything else you have to share, because I mean, it's clear you still have more that I think everybody could benefit from. So very excited for that. But in the meantime, I'd also like to thank our subscribers and listeners for joining us today. If you'd like to look and see more great content, then please go to our website at www.sportsonthespectrum.net. And then for all of you out there, please make sure to follow the three rules of life, which are stay safe, have fun, get dirty, and I will see you all on the next episode (laughs) of Sports on the Spectrum. And in the meantime, I'm Keegan Flegner saying so long. Thanks, Keegan.